Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Good evening, everybody. Good to see you tonight. Take your songbook and turn with me to page 467. 467. Let's stand together. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing in the mansions bright and blessed. He'll prepare for us a place when we all get that will be when we all see let us then be true come on now him in glory And when we all get to heaven, oh, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. Onward to the pride before us. Send the
Thank you, Brother Harney. Uh, last night they watched our service uh, in the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, other places, up on the lake. Jenny Garvey's mother, I believe, watched it up in Ashtabula County. And tonight, Flynn called me from New Jersey, or from Papua New Guinea, and said, He's got a group together watching this service. And I know they're watching it in the Philippines and uh, other places. We thank God for that. And uh, uh, we want to say to Flynn, we'll see you next week. 
He's coming home on the 6th. Do you people in the Philippines, God bless your meeting. We're play, praying for your great convention the last week of January there in Tarlac. May bless you. Wish you were all here. Amen. You'd get cold if you were here. <laughs> Amen. But uh, we're glad that's going out. Well, before the conference, uh, we went over to North Bend, had a day of prayer. I got a picture of it here. And we had a great time over there, but it was cold. And the picture indicates it was cold. And uh, I'll give this to Cal and to uh, Brian. Uh, we gathered and prayed for this conference. Prayed for you, Cal. Prayed for you, Brian. I prayed for you, Brother Harney. Uh, R, who'd you pray for? Dewey Williams, he needs it. Uh, when Dewey comes, he brings coon hounds. And afterwards, goes coon hunting. And I called him and I said, you got any new dog? He said, I got one. It's so pedigreed. If it were a human being, it wouldn't even speak to us. Okay. Dewey will be here Friday night. Amen. Now, the students came to me and said, the choir, can we sing every night at the prayer conference? And I said, no. They said, then we won't come. I said, then you can sing every night. Come on, choir. Brian, this girl made that up there. She did that. Yeah. She'll come and do it at your church for twenty-five dollars. Write two songs, choir.
Brother Cal, we've got a new student. He's from Chad, Africa. He came in two nights ago. He's already in the choir. <laughs> he's not singing the song. He's saying, watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> and, uh, uh, 9J, 9J. 9J, hold up your hand. That's it. And beside of him's wisdom, and wisdom was with me down at your yes, church one right. night. Yeah. yeah, amen. The rest of them is just mostly Filipinos.
I know that in the convention last night in Tarlac, the big convention of the whole group meeting, our graduates sang so much to be thankful for. They had a little Bible college choir there, and they didn't do too well. Let's show those people in Papua New Guinea and the Philippines how to sing. So much to be thankful for. Took over when my wife had surgery, and he's done a good job. His name's Jonathan, and the pianist took over. JJ, they did a good job. My wife's back with us. Thank you. Amen.
The girl on the end wants to get married Valentine's Day. Jesus, my song's an empty melody. Without Jesus, my life's a hopeless cause. Without Jesus, I dare not face I serve He gives me words The only reason That I have To boast For when He Determined To rescue me he had to reach way down low So every breath that I breathe Every note that I sing Are only because of this recent King Without Him in my life I have nothing that you desire But with Jesus I have everything Without Jesus My song's an empty melody Without Jesus, my life's a hopeless cause. Without Jesus, I dare not face eternity. So helpless and lost, with no way to cross. Turn him 
without Jesus, I dare not face the eternity. So helpless and lost, with no way to cross without Okay, folks, the rest of the program is Brian Bear and Cal Evans. Brian's going to come. And God bless you, brother. God bless you. Somebody said amen. That's not good. <laughs> Shouldn't say. <laughs> One thing, you better before you say amen, you better be sure to pay attention what you That's great. Anybody have a guitar pick? If not, I got a fingernail. You got one? Thank you. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Hey, um, I really appreciate you being here. So many have come out on this cold evening, and thank God it's warm in here. And it's warm in here. <laughs> Holy Spirit living within us. And thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Uh, Pastor, thank you very much. Thank you. Give up, young man, a big hand. He helped us. <laughs> Pastor asked me to share with you uh, my testimony. And I, um, I guess... I'd have to make it very brief because there's no way I could get told all that Jesus has done for me. If I had a theme song, I guess it would be, I've got so much to thank him for. He has truly been faithful. My life verse is, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. I was saved in an early age, uh, five years old. I was raised in a preacher's home and a pastor's home. Uh, the old saying goes, I was drugged to church. <laughs> I had a drug problem, you know, drug problem as a kid. And I was drugged to church all over, revivals. My first year of life, my mom and dad tell me I was in 360 services my first year of life. Uh, they used to travel and sing and revivals all across the tri-state area, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio. So people ask me all the time, how did you, you know, why so young did you get converted? I, I, knew, I knew the words, I knew the songs, I knew when to raise my hand just from watching other people. But I still understood that I needed Jesus in my life. And on September the 6th, 1981, on Sunday night, homecoming Sunday at my dad's church, my uncle Gary was preaching on hell. And I was scared. I didn't... Uh, get saved because I love the Lord. I got saved because I was scared to go to hell. And after I became saved, and uh, I learned to love the Lord and love him with all of my heart. Have I always been perfect since the age of five years old? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> There'll at least be one on the altar for lying tonight, right? Absolutely not. Uh, we fail, we falter, and um, 
I guess the most critical time in my life, one of the most critical times, when I was 13 years old, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and I've lived with that for 30 years. And um, thought my life was over, didn't understand why God would do what he wanted to do. And, of course, Mom and Dad both consoled me that he was going to take care of me and be faithful as long as I did what I was supposed to do. But there was still an uneasiness and almost uh, a misunderstanding of why God would allow that to happen to me. And so as a teenage boy, I started slowly but surely just uh, losing fellowship with the Lord. And it wasn't until my junior year of high school when God started dealing with my heart about getting right with him, surrendering my life and accepting the call to preach. And it was there that I separated my life, sanctified my life. And at the age of 19 years old, Calvin Ray was preaching a revival. And I was fighting the call to preach and, and just living for God the way I should. And he came over and I was struggling. Many of you that have accepted the ministry and the call of God in your life, you know how you struggle. And I know we're not supposed to ask for signs. But I asked God and I said, God, send me someone that doesn't know what's going on. And confirm in my heart that that's what I was supposed to do. I talked to mom and dad. I talked to other preachers. And they said, we can't help you. This is between you and God. That was the best advice someone ever gave me. So I struggled and, and sought the face of God. And during a revival meeting, Calvin Ray came over and hugged me and whispered in my ear. He said, son, I don't know what God's laying upon your heart, but you just follow him. And I promise you, it'll be okay. He had no idea what was going on in my life. He didn't know the struggle I was had. I was having, but I, right then and there, I knew that God was wanting me to preach his word. So that was September the 18th, 1994, when I preached my first message. And then in 2001, skipping a lot of great blessings, but in 2001, I got the call from Dr. Calvin Evans and Calvin Ray Evans to come and join Evangelistic Outreach Ministries. And if a young preacher in southern Ohio would ever have a dream position, it would be working under... Calvin and Calvin Ray Evans and so God has allowed me um, I will say this I, I want to stop here and say this if I have any advice for those going into the ministry and those students that are here today be who God wants you to be God did not call me to be Calvin Evans God did not call me to be Calvin Evans he called me to be the best Brian Bear that I can be amen and thank you and God when they hired me and brought me on to be on staff, they did not want me to be a repeat of them. They wanted me to do what God had led me to do. And so uh, God has allowed me to work under them since 2001. And through that, what a, what a blessing it was to come to this university for the first time, this Bible college, and to meet you, all of you. Some of you weren't here then, some of you were. But to meet all of you and how God has continued to bless you and how you have inspired my life to be a greater Christian, a greater prayer warrior, and to know the sacrifices you have made just to study the word of God and to follow him sure humbles me and lets me know that we're in this together. And all across the world, there are people that are starving and hungering for the real word, the real Jesus Christ. And that's our job. Our job, the Great Commission, is not just Americans, those in the Philippines, or those from Chad. The Great Commission goes to all the world, and it's up to us to do that. So you keep laboring in the corner of the field that God has placed you, and be the best you that God wants you to be. And I promise, when we get to the end of life, 
I only want to hear two words. That's all I want to hear. Well done. Well done. I want to hear him say well done. I want to be faithful with what God has placed in my hands. And so I want to hear him say well done. We, uh, this is a temporary dwelling place, is it not? The Bible says that. We're just pilgrims and strangers passing through. But we have a home waiting on us. And that's what I want to sing about tonight. been so good to me on this journey he has blessed me with friends and a family so dear a humble place to reside and food on my table but somehow I cannot no I cannot feel at home here I'm longing for where no goodbyes are spoken satisfy me though I'm happy and free down inside of me I'm longing for home now this old road of flesh will one day be quickened and this mortal shall put on immortality. <laughs> then I'll have brand new feet that shall not grow weary. <laughs> new hands that won't fail. And like Jesus, I'll be. And I'm longing for where no goodbyes are spoken. I'm longing for where no pain will be known. The things of this earth cannot satisfy me. Though I'm happy and free, down inside of me, I'm longing for home. Though I'm happy and free, 
down inside of me I'm longing for home. Thank you, Brian. Always good to see you. Always good to be with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. Brian, where's a, what is it? Insulin pump. Insulin pump. That's what I needed last week. (laughs) All right, great to have you here. Young people, you students, Cal Evans is here tonight to preach. Humanly speaking, I don't know how other God would have done it, but he, humanly speaking, if it were not for Cal Evans, there'd be no Bible college here tonight. When we were in trouble with immigrations, Cal Evans gave us the money to pay the lawyer. And he has helped us so many times. I don't want to start, and he doesn't want me to start talking about what he's done. I just say, humanly speaking, weren't for Cal Evans, we wouldn't be here tonight. Cal, come and preach. God bless you. Bless you, Cal. What a wonderful blessing to get to be back with you again. Thank you, Dr. Geiler, and how we appreciate so much this great church and great college. Many years ago, the Lord brought us together And uh, I know that it was the hand of God that allowed us to come together at that time. And since that time, the Lord's just just put a bond that's there. Doesn't matter, the students come and the students go, but the bond remains. And for those pastors that's here tonight and those individuals that supported this college, you'll agree with that. Just every time I come, I think it can't get any better. And I leaned over and told him just a few minutes ago while that choir was up singing, I said, that's one of the most beautiful sights we'll ever see until we get home to heaven. And I thank God for what you're doing here. I send you greetings on behalf of the board of directors, board of trustees, and all the staff of Evangelistic Outreach Ministries, and also of the Rubyville Church. We love you, we appreciate you, and thank God for what you're doing, and just encourage you to keep doing the exact same thing. Keep preaching Christ, that's your motto. And God will honor you for it. And it is just tremendous to see how God has taken this place and touched the entire world because of the commitment of these young men and young women and the staff right here at this school and this church to be a blessing to so many people. And I know you have certainly, certainly been a blessing to us. And I thank you. Thank you, Dr. Geiler, for the privilege to come and preach. And I just pray tonight that something that I say will be an encouragement to you. The week before last, Brian and I were in uh, Tampa, Florida in camp meeting preaching. 
And then uh, last week down at Moorhead, Kentucky, at the conference center there, 11 were saved in that meeting. We praise God for that. Then back to our home church on Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, Sunday night, two saved and four rededicated there at the church. And God just continues to pour out his blessings on the church and how we thank him for his faithfulness. And uh, I've just about uh, worn myself out preaching funerals this year already. And one right after another, preached another funeral yesterday. Then we had to head up to Columbus last night to be up at the funeral home up there again to be back down here this evening. But we're thankful for God's safety that he's given to us and his provision to be able to come and look in the word of God together. Turn to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. I'm going to just read one verse to you this evening. Psalm 92. I'll give you a moment to uh, get to the 92nd Psalm. And uh, I'd really, really struggled somewhat with what to preach. I've been on a series on the ark. Uh, I preached first on the ark of Moses, then the ark of Noah, and uh, now I'm in the ark of the covenant. I've been sharing a number of messages on that. But as I sought the Lord the past few days, it just seems like this particular verse it's where God led me over and over again. In Psalm 92 and verse 10, the Bible says, But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. In the last half of that verse, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. God privileged me last year to write another book, uh, and we'd sought and sought for the proper title. And as I sought the Lord and we prayed about it, the staff prayed about it, uh, I had Brian praying about it. And finally it came to a place where that we just knew that the best thing that we could do is entitle it Fresh Oil. Because I think that you would agree with this if you've been on this road any amount of time at all, there are times where you know that God is in you and you know that God is on you and you know that God is helping you and you know that God is guiding you but still you need a fresh touch of the help of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the things that God has given for you to do. Fresh oil, the anointing with oil. What's he referring to? Well, we know that in the Old Testament, uh, among the other things that God gave uh, the guidance for to Moses, he also gave him the importance of the holy anointing oil, symbolic of the Spirit of God. Everywhere you read of oil throughout your Bible, it's always symbolic of the Spirit of God. Now, I've done this for a few years now, 42 years I've been preaching, and I've learned this much. I haven't learned a lot, but I've learned this much. There's some things I just can't do without the help of the Holy Spirit. And there's things that you'll not be able to do without the help of the Holy Spirit. And I stand amazed at what is accomplished through the, through the guidance and touch of the Holy Spirit that we simply could not understand it or do it without Him. I think when we think of the oil and some of the purposes of the oil, that tells us why we need fresh oil and to be anointed with fresh oil. First of all, the oil gave understanding. In the Old Testament, when the pattern was given to Moses for the tabernacle, and then, of course, 
the temple as it was built, you know well in both. There was no windows anywhere to be found. It was not to be lit with the natural light from the outside. God had the golden candlestick inside and with that golden candlestick came the illumination, the only light within the tabernacle and the temple both. And that particular light was fueled by the holy oil that was set aside for holy purposes by God. And what he's saying is, is there's no understanding without this precious touch of the Holy Spirit. You can read the books, you can go to the classes, you can sit through a prayer conference, but unless the Holy Spirit brings things to our understanding, we simply cannot fully understand it all. In fact, the truth of the matter is, Jesus taught us that when the Spirit would come, he would teach us all things. The best teacher you ever have in your life is the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that I've never been able to understand, things that I can't figure out. I don't understand why people go through the struggles they go through, the hardships they go through. I had a funeral yesterday that I mentioned. That dear lady for six years, her husband had been on a journey with Alzheimer's some years ago. And I watched her for six years care for her husband curled up in a ball, lying on a bed, unable to communicate, a godly man that loved God with all of his heart. Then I watched her get ill, and I watched its disease, took so many things from her. I don't understand why we go through all of the hardships we go through. I don't understand why death comes early to some, and why there's others that's in such extreme pain, and they simply, they would give anything to be in the presence of the Lord, but they fight on and struggle on. I don't understand all of that, but I know one thing. The Lord gives us understanding through the Holy Spirit to know this much. One day, one day the veil will be lifted. One day we'll see him face to face. And the Lord says until then, on the things that you don't understand, lean not under your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all his ways and your ways and he'll direct your path. There's understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit. And then I think also of the fact that that fresh oil tells us of the uniqueness. I know when Samuel was told by the Lord, I want you to get your horn of oil and I want you to go to anoint the king, the one that I've chosen king. You remember Saul had been rejected by God. Samuel wept over it, but you know something? God's not too concerned about our weeping for our own desires and I don't think that we can ever get to the place where we feel like God simply must have us. That's not the key. We must have God. God allows us to do what we're able to do, but we can do nothing without the Lord. And Samuel is weeping because Saul has now been rejected. And God said, I want you to go down to the household of Jesse. And he said, I have the one that I have chosen to be king. Take your horn of oil and I'll tell you which one to anoint. He started down the line and the first one came by and Samuel thought within himself, surely this must be the one. 
but that wasn't the one that God had chosen. The next one passes by, but that wasn't the one that God had chosen. Seven boys passed by. None of them were chosen by God to be anointed. And Samuel learned the great lesson when the Lord said, See, I see it not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but I look upon the heart. And then finally he turned to Jesse and said, Don't you have any other sons? And he said, Yes, I've got one. He's out in the fields with the sheep. But he's a different kind of boy. He plays songs to the Lord in the darkness of night and sings to the stars. He smells like sheep and he's different from all these boys. He said, go and get him. And when he came, he was the one to be anointed. Now what does that tell us? It also tells us of uniqueness. I don't know why God uses some people the way that he does. I wish I could tell you why some people are touched by God in special ways. I can't understand all of it. I don't have to understand it, but I know when that happens. We have a dear couple in our church that uh, many years ago uh, when I was preaching, I met her for the first time. She attended a church that I held revivals in. Several years went by and I didn't see them. Our son was very sick as a young boy growing up and every month we had to go up to Children's Hospital at Columbus. And every month they had a daughter that had uh, had terrible seizures. I can remember the struggles that they had. Every, every few seconds she'd go back into another seizure. She was just a miracle that she was even alive. And their appointment was always on the same time that my appointment was on. With, and Candy and I would take our son up. We'd get in the elevator. We'd either see them on the elevator or we'd see them there in the doctor's office. I had no idea that years later God would bring that precious couple to our church and God would allow me to pastor. When they came to the church, uh, what a unique testimony. They had prayed and prayed and prayed and suddenly one day God in his mercy and grace and power touched that daughter and gave her complete miraculous healing uh, and the Lord used that but they had made a promise to the Lord and they said, Lord, if you ever touch our daughter, we'll do anything you want us to do and go where you want us to go. And you know what? God took them at their word. And God said, now I just want you to go and tell the story. Everywhere doors open, go and tell the story. And that's exactly what they've done. One day, they came into the church and she met me at the back door. I said, it's so good to have you. She said, well, we have a difficult time. She said, I, I, I don't mean to complain, preacher, but most people look at us and say, you're different and we don't know whether, whether you'll really fit in here or not. I said, well, I've got a feeling you found a home. Last year, they, they were called on by people. They travel everywhere, everywhere. They go to people suddenly that they'll get calls of people in the hospitals. Doesn't matter if it's Cleveland or down in Tennessee or Virginia. They can walk into places. I went into one room, prayed with a man every day for seven days straight, and I couldn't even get him to open his eyes. He was in a coma, dying. She came in the room behind me and she said, Pastor, would it be all right if we have prayer? I said, sure, you and your husband, go ahead and pray. And when she took that man by the hand, she said, oh, Jesus, would you just open his eyes so I can tell him about the saving grace of God? He not only opened his eyes, but she led him to the Lord. Last year, they led 330 people to Jesus Christ. She's unique. He's unique. Let me tell you, God does things with unique people. 
You may feel strange sometimes in this world. I'll tell my wife, I just don't fit in any longer. I don't fit into this world when I look around. But that's okay. I fit into God's plan. So when folks say, you're different, you ought to just look to heaven and say, thank God that the spirit of the God of God may make us different. But that uniqueness can be used by God. Something else about that anointing. It also brings not only understanding and uniqueness, but it brings unity. We know from the 133rd Psalm, he tells us how pleasant, how good that it is for us to dwell in unity. What does he say it's like? It's like the oil that flowed down Aaron all the way to the skirt, the hem of the skirt of his garment passed down over his head and down over his heart and down over his hands and down to his heels. A, a picture of the Spirit of God moving upon an individual from head to foot. Amen. Unity is what makes the difference and it takes the Spirit of God to bring unity. Amen. Now, when I preach this, it may not mean much to you right now, but when you as students get out, you're gonna find out one of the hardest jobs you have, especially if you're in the pastorate, is keeping people together. Sounds easy, but it's not that easy to do. And if you think you can do it by yourself, you're in trouble. It takes the Spirit of God to bring people together in unity. I remember I was called one time on a, by a church board. They were having some problems and uh, they were having problems with uh, their pastor. And they called me in for a meeting. And they said, we need some advice. And I said, what's the problem? And they told me all the, all the things that the pastor wasn't doing and how hard that it was and how difficult that it was. These people have been my friends for 30 years. And I sat and listened to them talk and listened to them talk. And after a while, they said, do you have any advice? I said, well, I said, I've got the best piece of advice I think you could ever receive. See, they were expecting me to say, what you ought to do is just throw him out and go on. But I said, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about having a prayer meeting? Start praying and fasting for the Spirit of God to help you, dear preacher. For the Spirit of God to give him sermons that'll challenge you. For the Spirit of God to lift the load off of him so that he'll have liberty when he preaches the word of God. I said, what you ought to do, you ought to pray for the Spirit of God to use your preacher. I know that they have the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit when we're saved, but yet there's times we need the help of the Spirit of God in what we're doing. I said, you ought to pray for him. One of them spoke up and said, we had something else in mind. And I said, that's what I thought you would say. But I'm here to tell you, your church will never do anything if you don't come together in unity by the Holy Spirit. In Sequoia National Park, the General Sherman stands 275 feet tall, that great Sequoia tree. People travel from all across the nation and all around the world to go into that park. When you go into Sequoia National Park, you think about it, at the circumference of some of those trees, uh, the General Sherman, the last measurement I read, 102 feet around it. It has limbs that's six feet in diameter. 
at the crown of that great tree. It spreads its branches out 120 feet wide. A massive tree, hundreds and hundreds of years old. And when you look at that great tree, they, they often stand there, people look at it and wonder, my, what a tree. It must have a deep taproot that goes down and wraps around rocks and holds on, but that's not true. Not true at all. In fact, sequoia trees, their, their roots grow close to the surface. They don't go very deep at all. But see, God put in the sequoias something that we need within us as well. Those roots are shallow and they branch out, but what the sequoias need is they need each other. See, they grow in a grove, and as a grove, their roots, they intertwine with all the other trees around them until when you try to separate one, you can't separate it because the roots are so intertwined together. So the winds can come and the storms can come and they may not have a deep root, but they have each other. I feel preaching coming on. If we could just somehow understand what we have is shed abroad by the Holy Ghost in our heart and we have each other, that would make the difference. Unity. Is unity important? Is the oil important for unity? Look at your body. Hey, hold your hand up like this, will you? Hold your hand up. Do this, will you? You know, you take your hand, you can take your leg while you're sitting, just bend your leg a little bit. Feels good to bend that. Maybe. Now there's some, if you'd admit it, when you did that, it hurt. And when you do this, it hurts. Do you know how important oil is? Inside your body, bones aren't perfect. Even though they come together at the joints, they're not perfect. They, 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 have, to have, they have to have something to lubricate them. And inside your joints is, a, is something that's called lubricin. Lubricin is... Somebody has declared it. I read one doctor. He said, it's God's natural grease for our body. Lubricin is inside of every joint that you have. As time goes by, if you come down with something called arthritis, what arthritis does is it starts to rob your joint of the lubricin or the oil, natural oil that God placed inside your body. Now you'll find out that if you don't have that lubricant inside, then it won't be long when that oil starts to leave that pretty soon there'll be friction on those bones. And those bones will start to hurt because of the friction that is there. Because when the oil leaves, you can tell the difference. I'm preaching, you can say amen anytime you want to. When the oil leaves the local assembly, you can tell the friction that's there. But when the oil is there, there is unity. Unity to be able to encourage one another, pray for one another, help one another, bless one another. That's what makes the difference is the Holy Spirit. Fresh oil. Do you know that even in your Tears, there's lubricin. You don't think it's important? Let your eyes get too dry. See how painful that it gets 
when you don't have enough fluid in your eyes. Tears are natural lubrication because of the lubricant that's in the tears. You may weep some tears, but as long as those tears are saturated with the Holy Spirit, you'll find comfort and help that you can't find anywhere else. It can get hard, it can get difficult, but yet through those times, God also brings unity. I, I thought Dr. Geiler, I couldn't help but sit there and listen to him talk about the places around the world that's able to share this conference this week. What a blessing that is. My mind went back to last week, Dr. Geiler, the pastor after service one night, we, we'd had uh, some folks that had come forward. One young man came forward and gave his life to the Lord and you could tell he had he lived a hard life. He had a real struggle. Not that he doubted God's ability to forgive him, he had a problem forgiving himself for all the wrong that he had done and sin that he had committed. He was praying, oh, as he was praying. What a precious sight to see him pouring his heart out to God. The pastor told me after service, he was so excited. He said, I gotta tell you something. They, they had a little camera setting up about uh, probably second row back, wasn't it, Brian? And, and it would capture the front of the, of the auditorium there. And these people were there praying. And as soon as the service was over, a mother contacted that pastor. She wasn't there. She was out of the area. And she said, I, I wanted to be there and I couldn't be there. And she said, I've been so discouraged, had such a burden and concern for my boy that's unsaved. I didn't know where he was. I didn't know what was going on. She said, and something just seemed to tell me, what you ought to do is you ought to log on and you ought to watch that. She said, and I saw those folks come forward and people start praying. And she said, I had no idea that my boy was there in that service. She said, suddenly I saw somebody turn around and confess their salvation. And it was her boy standing right in front of the camera and she was watching at a different location and she said, you talk about having church. I had church right there in my home. You tell me that God can't bring what we need the most at the time we need it, just at the perfect time, every time. I'm here to tell you God knows what you need tonight. God's able to take care of it. That's why we need fresh oil. I don't want to keep you too long. Let me give you one other thing. Oil is good for urges. What do you mean urges? Well, uh, a lot of you, of course, those that are from overseas know this and those here that you've traveled overseas, you know what I'm about to say is true. It's not uncommon, especially when you go to the Middle East. Most of the food is prepared with olive oil. I remember the first time uh, I, I went to the Holy Land, and they, they brought the bread out. And if you've been, you know what I'm about to say. You can say amen to it, verify that. When they brought that bread out, I picked that bread up, and it was, it absolutely, it felt like it was as hard as this pulpit top. And I turned to the person beside me and said, how are we supposed to eat this? They said, just a minute. And they came out and they had this little saucer, 
and they poured some olive oil in that little saucer and they took some fresh pepper and some other spices if you wanted it mixed in with the olive oil. And the waiter said, break the bread off and just dip it in that oil. And I thought, well, what good will that do? It's all I can do to break it off. There's no way that I can eat it. (laughs) And then as I ate it, it dawned on me. That oil helped me to swallow what I could not swallow without it. It helped me to eat what I didn't want to eat until the oil was on it. There's a lot of things that people could swallow the word of God a lot better if we preach it coated in the oil. They'll take it down a lot better. And the reason that olive oil is so important, even the Lord taught them when you roast the lamb, roast the lamb in oil. Why? Because oil, naturally with the fatty acids that's in it, it satisfies you. It gives you this assurance that you feel full. You don't want to eat right away. It gives you a feeling where you're completely full. Let me tell you, folks, I've traveled this world over and I've watched people search here and there for everything to satisfy. But it just didn't satisfy them. I've seen people try wealth and they were unsatisfied. I've seen people try prestige and power and fame and they were still unsatisfied. I've seen them try possessions and they were unsatisfied. I've seen them try alcohol and drugs and they're unsatisfied. But I've come with good news. When the blessed Holy Spirit touches our heart and we receive the bread of life, Thank God, finally we can say I'm full. I've eaten of that bread and he has satisfied the longing of my soul. There's something inside of us that we're not satisfied until we get the Lord. But when he comes in, we can finally say, now I'm satisfied. I left a dear friend today in a hospital room and I took him by the hand. And when I prayed, I simply prayed this. Lord, help him to see. He's up in years. Help him to see that you're the only one that's gonna satisfy him. He's a good man. He's a good friend. He'd do anything for me but he still needs Christ. We have what the world needs. We have the only thing that will satisfy them. So don't be reluctant. and Don't be embarrassed to take this blessed book to them because Jesus will satisfy the longing of their soul. When I was a boy growing up in the church, we used to have a little country preacher that come by. He didn't have an eighth grade education, but he had a whole lot of God. And he had a burden for lost souls. He'd seldom preach 15 or 20 minutes. You know why? Because 15 or 20 minutes into it, the Lord would do unusual things and 
old hardened sinners would break down and just walk up to the front and start repenting of their sins and being saved. I had the privilege of being the pallbearer at his funeral when I was just a young preacher. But I can remember him standing and he'd get blessed. When he'd get blessed, he had change in his pocket and he'd always rattle the change and look up toward heaven, bat his eyes, tears streamed down his face. And I can, it's just like, as vivid as yesterday, I can picture him looking up toward heaven and he said, Jesus is that bread come down from heaven. And he said, I remember when that bread passed by my way and I took a bite of the bread of life. He said, I've been chewing on him ever since. And the bigger I chew, the sweeter he gets. And the more satisfied I am. That's the bread of life. Thank God we've got a message to share. But may God give us fresh anointing, fresh oil, to tell the world that Jesus saves. To tell the world that he's able to change their life if they'll repent and believe they can be saved. I don't know what you need help with tonight. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I know one thing, no matter what it is, God knows exactly what we need and when we need it the most. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, for just a moment. Maybe a musician come, if they will, if you have a song, whatever you have, Dr. Geiler. And I'm going to ask them to come, maybe just sing a verse or two of song. Thank you, my brother, thank you. As he comes, whatever you have is fine. And as he comes, you'll face some things in life that you just don't understand. And there'll be some challenges. I'll be the first to admit to you some of the things God spoke to my heart about. I looked at myself and I said, Lord, there is no way I could ever do that. I'm just not smart enough. I don't have enough money. I don't, I don't have the right contacts. I just don't know how. But you know what I found out? When we let him help us, all things are possible to them that believe. If it is for his glory, he can do anything. Some of you may be called on in days and years to come to do the impossible task. I promise you, God will give you the fresh oil that you need. Maybe you just feel like everything in you has been drained out. And you're empty. Why don't you come and say, Lord, just anoint me with fresh oil. Encourage my heart. Oh God, I want to be used by you. As he sings, we invite you. Will you come? Will you come? Oh Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Glory to God.
you, Lord, and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to kneel at your throne room. And no, Lord, without your anointing, none of this would be possible. Without your anointing, we wouldn't be here this evening. Without your anointing, we could not minister. Without your anointing, we couldn't understand what your word tells us to do. And Father, we pray for a fresh oil in our hearts and in our souls. Lord, I, the needs that are here that are, uh, that are being prayed for right now. Lord, we need the ingredient of the oil in order for those prayers to be answered. Lord, our heart's desires, our will, Lord, we need the oil of God. Because we know without the anointing, Lord, then our will is nothing. But we need your will and everything that's said and done. And Lord, the verse has already been quoted tonight. If we will trust you with all our heart and lean unto thine own understanding and all our ways acknowledge you, you shall direct our paths. And we know, Lord, that path is bathed in oil. And Lord, we pray for a supernatural anointing of the Holy Ghost upon each of these students, upon those that have come tonight. Lord, we know that without you we can do nothing. But Lord, with your fresh anointing, we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. And Lord, we can do, you can do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would anoint each of these with fresh oil. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to your will. Help us to always put you first in our life. Help us, Lord, to always preach Jesus. Help us to teach Jesus. Help us to live Jesus. Help us to talk Jesus, to walk Jesus. And Lord, soon and very soon, you're going to be returning. And you're going to be looking for one thing, and that's your precious blood. And that's the oil of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that each of us tonight... When we leave this place, know without a doubt that we're saved and on our way to heaven. And Lord, we thank you for the oil. We thank you, Lord, for what it means to us. And we thank you, Lord, because we're going to need it tomorrow. But I'm so thankful that I can go back and you have a fresh supply. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There is God.